0: Look, when we say money, guys, we mean like that empire, state of mind, New York money, okay? Because this girl has three businesses. One house in
1: the suburbs. One house in the suburbs. And an apartment in the and city. And an
0: apartment in the city. So she's taking in at least $11 billion a month. hello everyone and thank you for listening to amigas the movie reviews podcast where we ask that fundamental question that so many others leave out do i give a shit
1: do i really do
0: do i give a shit about this story do i give a shit about these people do i give a shit about what's happening to them so today we're going to tell you about a movie that we think you should give a shit about that we most definitely give a shit about and it's called shiva baby from 2021 The movie Shiva Baby is basically a story of a girl that just graduated college and is working as a sugar baby going to a funeral where her ex-girlfriend shows up around her highly religious family. And then not only is that awkward, but her client that she was just doing business with in her side job shows up as well. Ouch. Yeah, if you have any kind of anxiety or anything like that, this is definitely the kind of movie that you might not want to watch, actually. Like, if you can't stand to watch videos of people on the internet being embarrassed. Uh, this, or this, confronted. Or confronted. This might be, like, really cringy for you. Um, I know it was for me. Yeah, what was that like?
1: I felt her pain to be confronted. And not only that, but you don't want the people that you your like, family to know what you do outside of, in your personal life and all of this in this movie happens all of her what all, all, all of, of her, her stuff comes. bleeds over yeah. into
0: the other categories of her life that she was trying to like this is the ultimate example of someone who is trying to keep different parts of their life separate having an absolute disaster oh yeah speaking of family the beginning of this movie the first audio the first i don't know 10 or 20 seconds Absolutely 100 percent sounds like pornography, so if you're living in a house with other people and you don't want them to hear what sounds like pornography headphones. sounds coming from your door if you decide to watch this, put your headphones on. Uh, you'll not end up like me, and then trust me, you'll feel much better for it. So you know, before we really get too much more into the the breakdown of how the plot starts out, let's talk about the title. What does the title mean? What is a Shiva?
1: It's a Jewish morning service that lasts about seven, that does last seven days and is usually consisted of close family members to the deceased.
0: And it's actually, the word itself is actually taken from, from Hindus?
1: Yeah. It is a Hindu word meaning seven.
0: No kidding. So after this, as this movie gets going, we, we hear the porn sounds and we see this blurry picture of this sugar baby doing a, delivering a service in the background and then there is the post-completion of the job transactions are handled and it's i feel like right away this movie was pretty fucking awkward wasn't it
1: oh yeah uh, because in the opening we see her after she gets done go to her phone apparently she got a missed call we hear it go off and it's her mom reminding her that she has a shiva to attend to
0: And then she goes and lies about it.
1: Yeah, she goes and lies to her client at the time, which at the time I actually thought it was her boyfriend.
0: Yeah, I kind of did it first too, like until the money was transacted. Oh,
1: yeah. And then, you know, it's like, oh, well, uh, hold on here. Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Dude, did you get the impression that he was kind of hoping you wouldn't have to pay her that time because he gave her that expensive bracelet and then she had to remind him? Oh, yeah. What about the money? Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, Usually with uh, Sugar Babies, they do get gifts from their daddies, but they still get paid on top of that. I
0: I feel like he was trying to get himself a higher status than she was really offering, and he was just hoping to break through. Oh, yeah. And it didn't work out for him. That's why she was like, oh, a gift. How nice. Yeah. How about that thing I came here for?
1: Oh, yeah. And then she's like, oh, well, again, he... Gives her this whole entire speech about her life plans and everything, too, while while all of this is going on. Oh, yeah. Here's
0: a bracelet. Oh, yeah, my bad. Your money. P.S. You need to succeed at life, says the guy who just forgot to fucking pay her for the the business transaction that they just did.
1: And then the hug before she leaves is awkward. Isn't
0: that funny, too? Because, like, this movie really gives you a lot of tension right away because there's absolutely nothing worse on this earth than having intimate relations with somebody that you are utterly uncomfortable with in every other setting and that's exactly what this is here because they just finished having sex but aren't even vibing enough to have an unawkward hug like damn
1: yeah it's like she cringes afterwards and And, and so do
0: we as the audience this is immediately cringy. I really like this movie because it's the kind of movie that's best served cold without any context, without any trailers, any reviews having been read first. And P.S. on that note, if you are just now six minutes into this podcast and this podcast is the first you've ever heard of this movie and you haven't ever seen a trailer for it or listened to anybody talk about it, Go watch it first. If it's yeah. not if it's not gonna give you too much if you got anxiety, you wanna keep your Valium and your Xanax and your chronic around. But if you can handle it and you are the kind of person that likes a movie that's just weird basically it's like real and weird at the same time it's just something about something random and then it just takes you to all these crazy places that people go to because they're humans and they're crazy well, this is that movie dog
1: it is and it also is based off of the director's own life experiences with being jewish and going to shivas and all this and other stuff and being in
0: college and knowing oh, yeah. girls that did this thing as a side hustle i, I think they, they mentioned that in one of the oh, yeah. reviews i watched that yeah i no, she came up with this story based on the things she would hear from her friends who who earned money that way
1: oh yeah after that we go ahead and we finally meet her her parents yeah her parents debbie and joel
0: joel like the folk singer from alaska
1: j-o-e-l yeah
0: uh joel Joel. oh yeah no that's not the same as uh yeah as joel so it's joel not joel and just to be clear danielle here definitely does not have two mommies right she's got a mom and a dad and they're both very religious
1: oh yeah the, it got to the point where her mom is actually outside coaching her on what she's supposed to say to these people that she hasn't met in years
0: it's like a bless your heart way of saying don't embarrass us that, that you have this your parents have to sit there and prepare you to be dishonest
1: yes and not only that but she's also debbie also tells her daughter that hey maya is coming i don't want you messing with her Cue awkwardness.
0: Yeah, just like as soon as the name Maya was mentioned and the wheels started going off about, you know, what the dialogue could be saying about this story, it starts to get even more anxiety-inducing. And shortly after that, her mom starts trying to dig even deeper into her personal life because she notices her new drip, right?
1: Oh, yeah, to the point where... she sees the bracelet yeah the bracelet she's like and danielle's like oh yeah you got me this for graduation
0: how's that mom no one coached me on that lie does she buy it
1: no she questions it
0: yeah exactly she's
1: questioning it
0: so shortly after all this they go inside and they're just doing their thing moving around talking to people and danielle goes to the buffet to get some food just to be having to do anything except have to keep talking to these people and tell them these lies and just bullshit them about what you've you know been doing with your life and speaking of things she used to do with her life she turns around and there is her ex-girlfriend maya Yeah.
1: Hello, anxiety.
0: And, you know, her mom might not have been someone that believed that being born lesbian or bisexual was a real thing. But uh, you can definitely see the fact that she felt the need to say something about it to her. Made her be like, yeah, Maya's not an ugly girl. So she's probably one of the kinds that has that pull if it is such a thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then after that, after they get done talking and everything... We enter in Max, and as soon as Danielle sees. Yeah, like
0: shortly after she's bumped into Maya, like. Yeah, like. In walks your work wife to oh, your yeah. old wife. Oh, yeah.
1: Her face falls. It's like, oh, I just messed up.
0: Yeah. Everyone at Shiva is kind of connected, right? Oh, yeah.
1: It's only a close family. So Oh, it's
0: only close family. Yeah. So you, you have to be connected oh, yeah. to even be there. So I guess that makes it they, even...
1: I, uh, they explain his relation to the deceased. I think it was like his grandma.
0: Cousins, friends. The guy that used to clean her pool. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. He knows this dude.
1: Yeah, exactly. When Danielle sees Max walk in...
0: It's funny because she was just calling him daddy and now they're finding out that, oh shit, you're actually related.
1: Sort of. Not blood relation, but they are related. Hopefully not. They are actually both surprised. Even Max is like, well, you just don't- You
0: you, told me you were at work.
1: Yeah, you told me you were at work. (laughs) When her dad, Joel, introduces him to her, they're like, oh yeah, we already met at what would essentially be their church. Like a church outing type yeah, it's thing. Yeah, called, it's
0: called Shul, I think. Yeah. I don't really know a lot about uh, Judaism. I kind of got the impression that it was something somewhere between like, it's something kind of like Sunday school, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's she like even, your, not your worship service, but your formal education yeah, yeah, part she, of your you know, interaction with your church or yeah, in and synagogue. In she, I, I believe case.
1: she even explains that she was volunteering for the kids or something like that to oh, yeah, make it. Oh,
0: This is the Jewish version of, oh, yeah, I just went to go help out with the youth program on Wednesday night at church. I was gonna pour the Kool Aid and just give back with my time, you know. After that I don't think her mom bought that story no, any more than she bought the one no. about the fucking bracelet.
1: Uh yeah. And then Max goes, Well how's your log going? And her dad turns around and goes, What? <laughs> like literally, I don't know what you're talking about. She's uh she's not doing anything. She's and I'm gonna use quotes here, babysitting.
0: What does her mom actually tell her to tell people when they're outside?
1: That she has a few interviews lined up for job prospects.
0: Yeah, basically just try to deflect attention from the fact that you're the center of attention as someone that just finished their education but doesn't have the ticket yet into that elusive world of quote-unquote good jobs that all open up with that piece of paper with your name on it and at the
1: same time her dad is trying to get max to hire her not as a babysitter but in one of his dad's oh yeah no he well, wanted to be called an, an
0: au pair or something like yeah, that yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> babysitters <laughs> ways you playing but now she he's her dad is trying to get her a real job right yeah yeah and he and then, thinks that this dude's got good connections and apparently we're connected because we're all here you know, being sad and Jewish together and all that. So maybe something good could come from this. It wouldn't hurt. You know, God certainly wouldn't mind. And uh, I mean, he's being a good dad, right? Yeah,
1: like, but his, but her dad also blows all of her lies that she's been telling this man for who knows how long. That oh, idiot. yeah,
0: he's trying to help her out. Like little does he know that in his honest and best t- attempt to help her out, he just makes her look like a fucking idiot. Little does he know, they've already been doing business together. And as he's there talking to this person he thinks has never really known her, uh, 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 get it? Yeah. And trying to get her a good job, she's actually making the job she was already doing so much worse.
1: It's even proven to us that her parents are nosy very quickly because they check her bank account and everything, too. That, that was mentioned during that scene.
0: Yeah, they do all this fucking spying, but they still don't know shit.
1: Exactly. Well, apparently... The way that Danielle was looking at Max got her mother, Debbie, concerned. So she pulls her aside. Because she's already
0: sitting there thinking, oh, my God, do they already know each other? It must be awful. What did they, John? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And pretty much she tells Danielle, you can't fool around with Max. He's married to a Shiksa princess.
0: Yeah, Shiksa is... We looked this up. Shiksa is... It tells you in the movie, too. Shiksa is not a nice word. Shiksa is a word they came up with because... When some angry person in that culture looked around one day and said, Hey, we need a good word to describe those foreigners coming in and taking up all our good men. Whatever it is that we're currently using for it's just not mean enough. And then there was a committee meeting and they decided, Shiksa, we'll call that bitch a Shiksa. That bitch is a Shiksa, that Shiksa bitch. And And it just basically means a non-Jewish woman that marries and takes up one of their good Jewish men.
1: Yeah, and I had to actually pause the movie while we were watching it just to look up the term because I've never heard it before. And after reading what it meant...
0: I feel like it's the kind of word that they would try to pass off. as just, oh, no, that's just some cute folksy stuff we do. Oh, yeah. If somebody heard them saying it, but, like, it's really... That's not how anybody... It's like, bless your heart. It usually doesn't mean that.
1: Nine times out of ten, No. No, it doesn't. So we get to understand that.
0: So her mom's already been damned Thought, Shit, I don't think that's where that bracelet came from. You know, she's thinking to herself, I wonder if they already know each other. And then she sees her daughter gawking at him across from the room and she's like ay yeah yeah, and I thought my was gonna be my biggest concern.
1: Yeah, pretty much, and after she follows her mom back out to where the, where the guests are, we overhear a conversation between Max and her dad about his family, about the newborn, about his wife, Kim, and all this other stuff. He even shows pictures and everything, and you just...
0: Like, this guy that I thought was some single dude trying to be her boyfriend with a gold bracelet turns out to be A total fucking charlatan. At least that's the impression I got. It's not made 100% clear in this movie. But he seemed to me like he was trying to be her boyfriend instead of just being a customer. He was trying to move from being a customer to being a boyfriend in the opening scene. Even to the point of already acting all sanctimonious and preachy about what you should do with your life and shit. But then, when we see him at the funeral talking to her dad, we see uh, the guy that she called daddy talking to her actual father. We realize, man, this dude is probably kind of a lying piece of shit.
1: Well, that is even even more when Kim comes with the baby and he explains why does she have the baby. Well, apparently, the babysitter got sick, and it goes on from there. At one point, one of the characters explains that she has like. Three businesses, and not only yeah, this, that,
0: this dude who acted like this independent, rich, single guy was actually balling off of his wife's money because, oh, yeah, that's also got,
1: explained in there. She's
0: got look, when we say money, guys, we mean like that empire state of mind, New York money, okay? Because this girl has three businesses,
1: one house in the suburbs, one house in the suburbs, an apartment in the and city, and an
0: apartment in the city, so she's taking in it, beast. 11 billion dollars a month so you know what i think the ironic thing was about kim as a character just looking back on it is the fact that i kind of got the impression hey hey we're trying to make a podcast (laughs) jesus these people can't even see that we're down here trying to talk about movies rude fucks. anyway I kind of got the impression that Kim was an ironic character because even though she doesn't get counted as Jewish, she still did things stereotypical of perhaps Jewish culture, like only stayed married to her husband because she was trying to keep up appearances and was more concerned with what other people think despite the fact that she had everything she could have possibly wanted. Exactly. Except her husband's loyalty, apparently.
1: Apparently, and... The story progresses. We see Danielle trying to head off somewhere and she actually gets hurt. So she goes to the bathroom and she decides that she's going to torment Max after dressing her her wound and everything.
0: After dressing her wound, she decides she should undress a little bit over her unwounded places and send evidence of her good health to her most recent customer.
1: Exactly. So we see her taking pictures of herself nude of course and sending it off to max but she gets interrupted and those
0: pictures had to go all the way to space just to reach some dude in the next room that's pretending like they don't live in the same universe
1: yeah if you're going to a funeral that is appalling in my opinion you're supposed to be there for the deceased
0: you're right about that and the fact that she didn't actually go to the funeral funeral she just came for the post funeral the week-long memorial service If she'd have gone to the actual funeral, she would have known that. But, you know, she just showed up to the Shiva because she was too busy babysitting to
1: (laughs) do anything else.
0: Be at the graveside or whatever.
1: Well, anyway, so she gets interrupted and she leaves her phone.
0: And apparently leaves her phone around without a lock on it, too. That was one of the plot points I noticed in this. Like, you think if somebody was working as a sugar baby, a sugar baby. Then they would have a lock on their phone,
1: uh yeah, uh especially
0: around like you know, I don't know your your
1: family, your
0: family at a funeral celebration,
1: I mean, seriously, if you're doing that for money and they don't know in this movie, they're following under the assumption that she's babysitting and that she's only has one client and everything like that,
0: and so, like as she hears her dad talking to max about all this stuff and he's just like as he's just telling the whole truth about who he really is she realizes wow not only is he not single he is married and not just married but married with a newborn
1: yeah it's actually very very uh awkward for her and from Uh, from a
0: writing standpoint too i don't think that as they were creating a character the writers could have made someone look like possibly look like any more of a selfish piece of shit than to be that stereotypical guy that goes out and cheats right after his wife gets done being pregnant. This is a, a thing here, I feel like.
1: Oh yeah, and not only that, but she's so distraught, she actually picks up wine, and it goes noticed by, of course, the what would be considered the nosy ants.
0: It's, it's so funny how even in really strict religious settings that allow alcohol, they still get all judgy about, like, Did they have too much alcohol? Was it too much for them?
1: Well, also, don't forget all throughout the movie, they kept asking her, Oh, have you eaten? Have you eaten? Are you eating? Are you eating? All this other shit, too.
0: Yeah, I got the impression that that's just something that people who otherwise would be talking about their diets and that like to say about people that they're jealous of.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So, as she's talking
1: to these ladies, apparently kids were there and... It's also mentioned, you know, newborns and kids really shouldn't be at a shiva.
0: Yeah, but here they are.
1: Here they are. So Danielle offers to go clean up the what is essentially a play area so that she can not look at Max anymore.
0: Yeah. Again, just like when she went to the buffet to, even though she wasn't hungry, she went to the buffet just to give herself something to do besides stand around and have to deal with any more of this insufferable conversation from these people.
1: Exactly.
0: And then instead of getting a brief respite from the drama, she just ran into a big shit ton pile more because drama. Because Maya
1: follows her to help her
0: out. Hello. Which yeah. causes... If she was planning to hide over at the buffet, that was literally the worst plan ever, logistically speaking.
1: It was. And so, as Danielle and Maya are proceeding to clean up, Maya notices the wound, mentions it. We quickly, for a brief moment, flash over to Danielle's mother where she notices this and gets this look. Notices
0: at, her, like, noticing, you know, yeah, the, the leg. Yeah,
1: and her and Maya touching Danielle's leg and all this other oh, stuff. Oh yeah,
0: that's, that sets it off. Yeah, yeah. So her uh, radar her went through the roof.
1: Yeah, and before her mom could pull her away, Maya notices Danielle is looking at who she assumes is actually, who Maya assumes is Kim but it's actually Max.
0: Right, because, you know, Maya's like judgy and nosy as hell at this thing. She's trying to get information about someone that basically arms-length her and then kind of ghosted her in a way for a time so she is studying and evaluating and judging every damn thing that danielle does and when she sees her looking over at max actually is who she's looking at because she's just looking over at him like
1: yeah danielle's looking at at Max. she's She's looking at she's looking at her
0: customer like this motherfucker right here
1: maya thinks she's actually looking over to the little bit more to the right or left of him where kim is at
0: it's embarrassing enough when you tell your boss that you're sick and then he, you know, run into him at Wendy's. Oh yeah. But this is even worse. This is kind of like if you told the customer of your store that the business had to be closed because you were going to be in the hospital having surgery, and then they see you at the beach.
1: Uh, yeah, that that is more awkward than anything.
0: And you know, again, and Matt,
1: this is this is at that point of awkward tension.
0: Man, they st- they laid it on thick in this movie, dude. Like, the anxiety kept me on the edge of my seat. And it was nice that I didn't care too much. But, uh, man, this shit did have me wrapped up, though. Oh,
1: yeah. And the thing is, is that at that point, Maya is actually the one that explains Yeah, she has, like, three businesses, uh, owns all this, you know, real estate or whatever and whatnot. So, at- Mr.
0: I Can't Find a Good Woman, that's why I found you in the classified ads, is actually somebody that's got a great woman and everything in the world except loyalty to her.
1: And of course before the interaction with Maya can get any further her mom comes in and pulls Danielle away.
0: Yep. And at this point she doesn't even know like what to lecture her on, but what does she end up saying to her? Uh,
1: she says, I told you not to mess with Maya. Why are you messing with Maya? I thought you were done experimenting and going off on that. And and Danielle goes... She's like, I
0: thought I told you you were done experimenting. Damn it, we talked about this.
1: Yeah, and Danielle explains to her, I don't know why you think being bisexual is an experiment.
0: I mean, she should know why. The reason is the same as the flavor of this whole event. It's the culture and the religious beliefs.
1: Exactly. So after that, Debbie is interrupted with her little powwow with her daughter by another lady and they start talking about Kim and she, Danielle is in the middle of it. She, you can tell by her face, she does not want to be there for that conversation at all.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. She doesn't want to be standing there like comparing her to the woman that she didn't know existed an hour ago.
1: Exactly. So they start gossiping about how Kim hasn't changed her religion, uh, that, that she shit's has. A bitch. Yeah, and that she has brought her newborn to the essentially wake. And the worst insult is that
0: her father was Jewish. So she's like that old country song. She's old enough to know better, but still too young to care. Exactly. They would still dislike her, even if she was pagan or a uh, fucking Unitarian or something that had married their good Jewish man and didn't know any better. This made her go to a whole nother level of dislikable in their world. Because you can convert to Judaism. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, you yeah, can, you change, can. Do it. She just didn't want to.
1: No, she didn't. And not only that, but...
0: But he still wanted to take up our good man.
1: And, of course, the lady goes, well, that doesn't matter, meaning that in Judaism... It's passed down via the mother.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, so being having a Jewish dad and then failing to convert, it's like the most disappointing thing in the world. Not that I think that it's a religion that's as focused on making converts as some of the more evangelical ones are, but, uh, you know, it's she basically didn't join the club. Uh, No, she she didn't get that. Took a player uh, out of the game, but still didn't join the club yet. Thought she was too damn good for them with her money and shit. I mean... Much like Danielle's weight, I think, was really a matter of jealousy. Oh, yeah.
1: After that, both Debbie and Danielle go to Max and Danielle's father. And, of course, Rose, who is the newborn for Kim and Max... gets. This movie
0: cr- is a clusterfuck, yeah, dude. Yeah,
1: it uh, gets cranky. So they're trying to pass it off to Danielle because, well, she oh, babysits. Oh, I hear you babysit. Yeah, so... And we she, give it to
0: the professional.
1: She's like, no, no, I'm good. And it's
0: funny that she ends up going with uh, the babies and the playroom and all that stuff when they're always talking about how there shouldn't be any kids at this event. It's like, you know, she didn't show up at the main thing, you know, with the actual funeral thing. Yeah. So she doesn't belong here. She doesn't belong here either. So she gets sent to do kid shit. Oh, yeah. There's At, a lot of subtlety to this movie. Oh,
1: it is. We can go on about the subtle things that go on behind the scenes on this one.
0: And you can watch it a lot of times and notice new things every time. It'll take you a minute to get bored with it.
1: Oh, yeah. So they mention something, and she corrects them, and she's like, No, I am doing college. I have a liberal, coming arts, up. Yeah. liberal arts degree or
0: whatever she's doing. Oh, yeah. She yeah. tells them that she was studying the business of, of gender. gender. Which is not a dumb thing to study because there's a whole lot of money involved in changing your gender if you didn't know anything about the economics of 2022. But that's a oh, fact. Yeah.
1: So she does that, but she also goes ahead and says, oh, yeah, I have a few job interviews lined up and all that and everything.
0: In the gender business industry.
1: And, well, uh, while <laughs> this is going on, Kim gets thirsty, sends Max away to go ahead and get drinks for both of them.
0: Kim gets thirsty, but Danielle was clearly already thirsty. Oh yeah, you know J- I mean. just by sending entrapment photos. Man, she <laughs> really got caught slipping. Like, how are you going to do that and then leave your phone and then you're too damn dumb Did not to have a lock, a lock on, on it. it? Damn. As this is going on,
1: Kim notices Danielle's gold bracelet.
0: And this is where the dun, dun, level of dun. thickness goes up A big few points because here comes the next anxiety
1: yeah so she explains that kim explains that max gave her the gift as well as going out to expensive restaurants and all this other stuff as
0: well so after she notices the bracelet she is like wow danielle that's a nice bracelet you got there I have the same Game one. Because this basic motherfucker that was trying to stunt and pretend to be this Bruce Wayne single millionaire was really bawing off his wife's bank account mm. and buying his side girl the exact same gold piece that he gave his wife and baby's mother. Oh, yeah. Wow, dude. Don't try so hard next time. You sure put a lot of thought into that one. Damn.
1: And while this is going on, Danielle's mom again asks... Are you sure we got you this bracelet? And then while she's you hear this conversation going on, we snap over to where Max is getting the drinks, and his phone goes off. And we see that he has now received...
0: He has now received a thirstogram. Uh, yeah. From inside the house. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. The call is coming from inside the house.
1: So he comes back with, uh, I think, coffee or something like that. And unfortunately, because of the high anxiety of
0: And by com- how much she's holding her head down. And,
1: yeah, and holding her head down and the anxiety and everything like that.
0: Danielle's not looking where she's going. No. Nope. Too good.
1: Nope. And the coffee spills on her white blouse.
0: Bullseye.
1: Oh, yeah, so...
0: She must have been almost a little bit grateful for that, though, because, Jesus, she needed an exit stage left moment in this dramedy for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, and that is where her mom pulls her aside and helps her get cleaned up and everything that scene had my anxiety up because it's like you're getting confrontation from your parents you're getting confrontation. this whole thing from- is a is
0: a cringe fest oh yeah in a good way like and your fascination with this movie is kind of morbid because you're not really so much into it it's just that it's a clusterfuck and it's Kind You're, of want to see what happens next. Oh,
1: yeah, because it's like... You
0: want to see how much worse it's going to get, because you know this shit is building.
1: It's like it's playing out in real time. Well, like, we're there at the Shiva.
0: I think if it had actually played out in real time, then it would have been unbearable to be anxious for that long. But I really did feel like this was a perfect snapshot. Like, oh, yeah. I, I felt like I was there, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, especially, you know, witnessing all the scenes that we did and all that happened to her and everything and i think even up until the coffee scene she has like many panic attacks just because of all oh, of the, yeah. everything that's going on
0: oh hell yeah dude so you know we really could keep telling you more about how this movie unfolds and what goes on with it it's not a very long movie but you could spend a long time talking about it because so much happens so fast but we have a strict no spoilers policy uh on this podcast one of the things that we really try not to do is to give away anything that we ruined or take away from your enjoyment of it because as great and wonderful as we are, nothing we have to say about any movie period is more enjoyable than you getting to experience it in real time the way it was meant to be. So if you haven't watched it already we defin- and you didn't get tired of listening to us talk about it, Even though it's kind of cringy to listen to us talk about this cringy movie, definitely go watch this cringy movie. It was really good.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the acting was on par. Everything was great.
0: What genre of movie would you call this, Danny?
1: I would have to say drama.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a drama. It's kind of like it's trying so hard to be serious and you're not supposed to laugh at it. It's actually kind of a dark comedy, isn't it? Or a psychological thriller. And you could call it a psychological thriller just because it, you know, might give you a panic attack if you have social anxiety.
1: I have that too.
0: Well, we're glad that you made it through to talk to us about this. Here's one of our biggest questions. Do I care about these people?
1: At first no because we like we thought it was a boyfriend girlfriend type thing and it's going to be a funeral. Yeah, I didn't I, mean, I didn't seriously. even care about
0: them when I was supposed to care about them. It's like, "Oh, sweet, it's a boyfriend and girlfriend. Look, he's giving her jewelry." It's like, "Oh, no, man. Fuck no, these people. No. I don't care about them." I, my first thought after that happens was This better not drag after this. This better get good soon. And and it did.
1: Uh, It did. And as the story progresses, you do start, well, I did, you'd still start to care about these people.
0: So. See, it's a weird relationship for me. I did too, but it kind of bleeds into my, our next question that we always ask, do I care about what's happening to these people?
1: not really but it oh, let- I,
0: I that's the thing for me though it totally sold me on caring about what's happening to people just out of a morbid fascination e- can't look away e- sort of thing i didn't really care about them still that i just cared about what was happening to them it was able to detach from the cringy anxiety of the whole thing by saying oh it doesn't really matter i don't really like them anyways not emotionally invested here aren't you a lucky son of a gun I reckon, man, like, if I deeply cared about these people, I would have felt so bad for them at every step of the way that it would have been unbearable. Mm. So <laughs> that brings us to question number three. Does it capture my interest within the first 20 minutes?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, it, it moves it, fast. Yeah, it moves fast. You have they, to They They set attention. the hook really
0: well on this.
1: Like, this isn't one that you go up while the opening credits are rolling and go and grab a soda from the fridge. You have to sit, literally sit down and watch the movie.
0: Yeah, you do. Like, if you step out of the room even for a second on this one, at the speed that it moves with the level of complexity, you could miss a whole lot in just a couple of seconds. Oh, yeah. Is there anything that you like about the world in which this movie is set?
1: Well, I mean, I don't... It's New York again. Yeah, New York. The culture, because, well... Yeah, it's
0: really an interesting look into something that I know nothing about. And that's kind of one of the things I like about movies. That's why we have this question is, yeah, I got to, it's like like Gumby. I got to jump into something that I didn't know anything about before and it was neat.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we paused it to look up some of these terms to make sure we were pronouncing it right and the meaning behind them.
0: Yeah, and I like that, too, because it made it clear enough in the dialogue for anyone that knows what's being said. But if you don't, if you're an outsider like us, then uh, it still flowed well. Like, I didn't get bored going to learn things and coming back to this. It actually enhanced my understanding and my enjoyment of this movie. Oh, yeah. Do you think that the acting is good? You already said so. Uh,
1: Yeah, the acting is on par. I mean, you have someone that... Probably doesn't deal with social anxiety, but she acted it out really well. The mild panic attacks up and you see her going into panic mode
0: like flight or fight. Absolutely. And you know, I don't mean to project anything onto the actress's life and or speak on anything that I don't know anything about, but something I happen to know from another reviewer that I looked into is that the actress that played Danielle in this film is actually herself a stand-up comedian. So... She may or may not have social anxiety, but if she does, she uh, sometimes... She hides it very well. Or deals with it in a really extreme way, which is kind of like hiding in plain sight. Because I I think there are stand-up comedians that have social anxiety. It's just a sort of flooding therapy type of extreme conquering of fears that they do to, you know, not be beat by that shit. Yeah,
1: it's like how some people deal with certain situations with humor or sarcasm.
0: And there was no intentional humor in this movie. No. Nobody was trying to make a joke. And it was so serious that you felt like you're not allowed to laugh at it. And it doesn't... Again,
1: that's where the psychological thriller comes in. So, I mean, seriously, it's like a serious movie and you're trying to figure out what's going to happen next.
0: One of the biggest science fiction stories in, you know, recognized American literature is Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. And one of the reviews about that book when it first came out was the writer said it's a funny book at which you're not allowed to laugh exactly that's definitely how the tone of how this was set because it's not even kind of laugh out loud funny but it's hilarious like i didn't crack a lot of smiles or wasn't belly aching as i was watching this but it was very thoroughly entertaining and mentally satisfying and looking back over it i'm like man this is funny as shit yeah but speaking of the acting you could really tell that the actors got how funny this is because they got really into it
1: oh yeah they got into it and don't also don't forget this whole entire uh movie takes place in one particular setting it doesn't go anywhere from that i think it's like a funeral parlor or something like that
0: like basically she goes from max's apartment to the house or the to the to the setting of the shiva and then she stays there, and all this shit goes down. Well, again, we're not gonna get too yeah, much away, yeah, yeah. but uh, the majority the of this ends. movie takes the majority of this movie takes place. If, if there's three sets, okay, the one in the middle, the Shiva place, is the, the main, main stage. stage. That's the main stage for this story as it's being told. So, um, do you like the style in which this movie is made?
1: Yes, and I believe one of the
0: reviewers we also looked into is... Big time reviewer from the UK.
1: Yeah, I believe they... Uh, oh, what's his name? I believe one of them mentioned that the camera person that actually did this, I think there was only one camera person or something like that. In no the, shit. I, I, I have to double check, but I think the, the main camera person, though, made sure everyone was on par and that they got good camera angles
0: because, again, it's one particular stage. It's probably because this story takes place in crowded rooms under the same roof that they didn't want any overlap. It was probably hard to shoot from multiple angles and not catch someone holding a camera in the background.
1: Uh, Most definitely because these rooms are small. They're not, they're like maybe 12 by 12.
0: So Danny, could I watch this movie with my family?
1: Yeah, except for that first scene.
0: Yeah, except for that first scene because that's going to be don't do that to yourself. You know, yeah, just, that's
1: where you fast forward it, or tell your parents to cover their eyes, or you do like they did when you were a kid. Yeah, and, yeah, and
0: and just you know get through it together. Uh, so definitely a warning in that scene, but overall it wasn't too bad. There no. were no. My parents are baby boomers, so there's only a certain amount of, and it's a certain amount. Just like they can, you can put a little Cajun shake in their bojangles, but like there's only so much hot spice, spice language they can handle. A little bit of cuss words, but not too many. And this one, I think, is fine on that. It doesn't oh, have yeah. any Other than in the beginning, there's not really an explicit sex scene. There's no violence, and it's. Uh, and
1: there's only one other, like the nudes. There's only that. That that's it.
0: Yeah, you could probably watch this with them. It's, oh, yeah. it's not too raunchy. Not that it, I It's mean, a serious it movie. movie. It really is a serious movie. Like it's not, and, and I really didn't laugh, although it's. The situation. One of the funniest things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's the situations that come up during this funeral procession. So yeah.
0: So is there a moral to this story? Don't lie. Yeah, that's exactly what I came up with. I was going to say, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. This girl just got all sorts of caught in her own net. She's
1: She lied to her parents. She lied to her, essentially her sugar daddy. She's
0: lied. Who was also lying to her. So. Yeah, uh,
1: he was lying. So it's pretty much a liar's fest in there.
0: And then she had to deal with the thought of, well, my God, he lied to me. How dare he? Oh, yeah, I lied to him, too. So, damn it. Yeah, pretty much. Does this movie give you context within the first five minutes? Sort of. I mean... It really doesn't tell you. You really don't know what the fuck is going on in this movie until about, I don't know, 20 minutes into the it, Shiva.
1: Yeah, you just see, like, we talked about the open scene. We talked about that, and we see her listening to a voicemail from her mom about the
0: Shiva, and... This is a movie that you're waiting to tell you what's going on here, and it drags it out a little bit, but it doesn't take too long.
1: No, it doesn't. Like we said, it's about... 20 minutes and it starts finally everything starts Starts fine clicking and everything so it, it does take it a minute but it doesn't take it that long it's not like she went to the grocery store and all this other stuff
0: yeah it's not like Stephen King's books that you could cut 300 pages out of yeah it gives you context within the first five minutes does this movie have an ending or did it just quit I would say both. Yeah, it's because a it 50-50 kinda, mix. It was appropriate. It did just quit, but that was what was appropriate to happen in the story at that point in time because if you hadn't figured out, you know, half an hour into this movie, is a serious movie, but it's not about anything consequential. This is... Yeah, Not it's some the, pretty grand much, story arc gonna happen here. No well, epic of Gilgamesh at this, you know, yeah three it, set play.
1: Pretty much is like a life event and a snapshot whatnot. Snapshot of yeah, life. Yeah, a snapshot of life. So crazy it, story. Yeah, it's like one of those things that you don't really wanna remember from like your youth, but yet
0: you know here how, it is. You know how when one of your friends goes has to go to something social and formal with their family and They end up taking two hours longer to call you. But when they do, they're like, oh, my God, you will not believe what the fuck happened today. This is one of those. I feel like this movie could have been based on one of those phone calls. I do feel like this happened to somebody and it's somebody's crazy story for real. Well, don't
1: forget the director that did this.
0: It's only twenty five, by the way. Like, yeah. so, uh, go on with your badass.
1: Yeah, and she actually based it off of
0: her beliefs of Judaism.
1: So she's been to shivas and all this other stuff too. So it's possible that this may have happened, or
0: she. I feel like this had to happen to somebody. And that's our next question, you know, is, is it believable or not? And I say yes, because of the same reason I feel like this really happened to somebody. This is so believable that I think it must have happened to some real person. And even if it technically didn't, it, is something I could absolutely see happening to a dozen real people on any given day. Well, yeah,
1: we all have that embarrassing story. That oh yeah, we took our parents, or your parents took you somewhere, and you already knew the person, and you already lied to them, and or told a little white lie, and it just and then the snowballs. ones you told to cover that up. Yeah, so it just snowballs. So we've all been in these social awkward situations. With family members as well as other people. So it it stands to reason that it is
0: realistic. You know the word kindred is literally a combination of words that means the dread of kin. Like the dread of having to be around your kinfolk. And that's definitely a theme in this movie. You could call this movie uh, yeah. kindred spirits or some shit. I mean seriously it's one of those. I love my family but... There are some days
1: that I just want to be by myself.
0: Hell yeah! So, was there a good twist to this movie? Several, right? Several.
1: We talked about several. They really crammed in. This movie
0: was like a whirly gig. They crammed in some good whipping twists in this, and they're not going to leave you bored at all. This is definitely and again got some good twists. Yeah,
1: and again, like we said, this is one of those movies that you make sure you have your popcorn or drink or whatever you're going to have and go ahead and sit down and watch this because if you leave to go up, you better either pause it or not go because you will miss something small but very, very significant.
0: It, exactly. And you know what, you also want to make sure that you're a good distance away from your TV in case this movie causes you to spit out your drink at something that just happened because this, this movie will do that one to you. You'll be like, oh my God, at least once. I did it at least five times. You actually spit your drink out at this movie? No, didn't?
1: I said, oh God, five times. I, I did not spit out my drink. I almost choked on my drink.
0: The theme of our season this time is what the fuck did I just watch? This is definitely one of those what the fuck movies. Oh, yeah. For sure.
1: Like like we said, it the genre can be drama or a psychological thriller. So it, it has a lot of potential for different things
0: and if a movie grabs me with a crazy story about something that's believable then i don't even necessarily care what that movie's about as long as you hit one of these other criteria they don't even have to be all of them but just enough of them if i like the world in which it's set if i like the people you know i'll, I'll watch if i like the people enough i'll watch a movie about damn near anything I don't oh care. yeah oh yeah but it's hard to make me like people enough to where i don't care what's happening in the movie i can like the people and still get bored as shit
1: uh yeah we've had a few of those that didn't make it to our
0: uh, list at all. Most definitely. So our last and final question. Does this movie teach anything believable about life?
1: Be yourself. I mean, that. that yeah, that's what yourself. I'm getting from
0: this. And frankly, if you want to analyze it like that, Maya's Jewish, and she didn't make any qualms about being her whole ass self.
1: Oh, no. she. she even around I mean, her I,
0: Jewish kinfolk. Yeah,
1: she was 100% real, and they actually respected her more than they did Danielle on that
0: I know that's weird, right? But like yeah. Even though she's one of those mad scientists that caused those bad experiments in her in her daughter's youth. life. in Yeah, in her youth. She's still, well, she's in law school, so, you know, she must be doing something. It was just a phase. It was just a phase. I don't know what they yeah, exactly. told themselves about her afterwards. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Next time, tune in. We're going to talk about a drama that moves a little bit faster and is a whole lot more serious called The Lie. Yeah, it's called The Lie. And if you didn't already know that teenagers are the craziest people in the street, you'll find out next week. Oh, yeah. Have a going, guys. Thank you very much.
1: Bye.